millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. We are back once again with the Renegade Master D4 Damager, Power to the People. I'm Dan, and with me, with the ill behaviour, we have Michael. Oh, I wasn't expecting this. Hello. <laughs> Moscow White. Do I not? I'm not ill behaved. I'm just. And Oddie. Hello. It's the 70th edition of the Square Ball podcast. Welcome along. We've got a fanzine now. Issue 4 was out against Middlesbrough. You can still buy that at Ellen Road against Wigan and Watford. We will give you a brief rundown of what's inside that marvellous publication uh, towards the back end of the podcast. But if you'd like to buy it, don't forget you can grab it online at thesquareball.net where you can also purchase subscriptions. White watching. Just a solitary game then in this fortnight. Um, the home victory against Middlesbrough making it three on the bounce and a man in form in the form of Ross McCormack. Just a one-man team. Two-man team. Pierce scored as well. We've unleashed his attacking potential the last few games. I know we had, someone on Twitter did mention that we described him as the worst attacking header of the ball uh, ever. But he's learnt from it. He's listened to the podcast. and he's He was he's, putting out for a corner, though. <laughs> he was, yeah. He probably was. Bombing in from the wing. The, yeah, yeah. He's, that's the position he's best in, attacking from the left. It wasn't just at the... Uh... The goal was scored by Pierce. We got a look at the assists as well. Lees, great header back across for McCormack. Peltier, couple of Cruyff turns and across. It's all good. The defenders are coming. This three-five-two has opened everybody up. They're all at it. Paul Green's Cruyff turn against Derby was just the precursor to everybody shaking the skills out. Paul Green's been out. Cruyff turned by um, the Southampton keeper, though, hasn't he? Now, true. After after Boric's. Well, he, he, he tried doing three and none of them really worked and then fell over. So Paul Green probably watched that and felt a little bit better about himself on Saturday evening. He certainly didn't have any football to reflect on. <laughs> <laughs> now the reserves are always in with a chance. Danny Pugh is still in the team. Keeping, um, is he keeping anybody out? I suppose Byram came on a sub for him, so you could say he's playing left-back instead of Byram. We need to congratulate Danny Pugh, actually, on his 100th glittering appearance, a centurion a so warrior's taking him a decade to, <laughs> to hit a hundred games. It is weird. I, I reminded myself recently of the circumstances in which Danny Pugh first arrived at Leeds United. Remember how he came? Alan Smith, wasn't he? A make way in the Alan Smith deal. So any time you look at how old and grizzled and possibly moving to the MLS Alan Smith looks, 
just remind yourself that the fresh-faced youngster who came the other way is uh, is our current left back, and has been for a hundred years. I've games. got to say to Danny Pugh, I, I admire his optimism in the post-match. He was asked about his future because his contract's up in the summer. Um, who knows what will happen? He said. I think we I do, know. don't we, Danny? <laughs> yes, a move to a lower division club. Sheffield Wednesday will finally stump up the wages for him, but it'll be a pay cut because they'll, they'll go down and he'll go down with them. So whatever he does, Danny Pugh's getting relegated. Oh, that's the kind of... Support that I like to give our our first team squad. Do your best, lads, because uh, you're going down anyway. Well, we're not. We're we're going up, aren't we? That we we should pretty much draw a line in the sand and say that now definitively, because we're in the playoff spots. We're only going to be looking upwards now. It's going to be impossible to dis- dislodge us from the top six. Now we're there. I get the feeling you two are not being that serious. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I think I think I've I think I've known you both long enough to know that that's not your genuine your genuine belief of this. Last five matches, we look we look in the same form as Leicester. There's only us and Leicester in the top eleven who have won four and lost one. Everybody else looks like a sucker compared to how good us and Leicester are, which just goes to show that all that talk last year about Leicester um, spending money to get promotion. Uh, Ken Bates was right, you don't need to because Leeds United are the same as Leicester. Admittedly, they're second and we're sixth, but it's... You know, it'll it evens barely itself a point, out. Barely a point between us. Oh, <laughs> just a nine. Oh, just well, a nine. You know. So yeah, we are up, up to sixth. Um, we're, t- we're two points off fourth, but there are then the three teams: Burnley, Leicester, and QPR on on thirty five. It looks like we're going to have to perm two from those three, and then maybe scrap it out for the playoffs on current form. Because I'm not sure all three of those are going to go on uh, a meteoric collapse in the second half of the season. Meteoric collapse, like the opposite of a meteoric rise, but a meteoric collapse. There is actually there's supposed to be a comet flying too near the sun uh, tonight, which I think is going to be like some kind. Of, somebody described it to me as like NASA scientists. They didn't describe it to me. They wrote it and I read it. Um, NASA scientists, um, like at a destruction derby, hoping there's going to be a crash. What happens if there is? Uh, We're much. all dead. This nah, out it's happened before. There's a good animated GIF um, on the NASA website of the trail of a comet being blown off by an explosion Excuse from the me? sun. <laughs> the trail of a comet being blown off by an explosion from the sun. Hmm. Sounds I've seen that DVD. <laughs> Speaking of trailing like an exploding comet, Ross McCormack. Beautiful. That was seamless. Not going to uh, not going to Middlesbrough if they come back from in January, which perhaps our current future past owners <laughs> uh, didn't enjoy a celebration one less bidder yeah so another goal on 35 minutes he opened the scoring and best bit about this not only the cushioned header which was very nice as mm. it came to him off the floor but the celebration in which he kissed and pointed his badge at the Borough fans who'd been giving him a little bit of stick down there in the West End made a nice change from yelling at us good to see him <laughs> giving some grief to the away fans for a change instead of uh, Instead of us, but yeah, and I think he was apparently um, they'd been calling him fat too, so uh, he was basically pointing at his his chest, his uh, stomach, his back, sack, his crack, thorax, everything. He was just pointing his solar plexus. Basically, he was his in trunk. front of them saying, "You bitches ain't touching this," and they're not. They can't have him unless they bid silly money, and he has to go. But yeah. 
It's good, and it made up for the fact that he missed um, the other cushioned header uh, about 10 minutes beforehand that he put over the bar that he really should have scored. Um, although I think Dexter Blackstock also missed a really easy chance as well, but that's because he's not Becchio, so we expect it. I was disappointed with Blackstock in this game, actually. He didn't He didn't really win any headers. He did The, the one good thing he did was get their keeper sent off, I suppose. Yeah, that was good. He didn't look happy to go. I thought he was going to... Um, he was basically offering everybody out Gradle style as he went off the pitch. And to add insult to injury, he's gone off for serious foul play, hasn't he? So it's a three-match ban, not the uh, the regular one. Didn't even look that serious, to be honest. I did. If, if that if an outfield player does that kind of a tackle, everyone would go mental about it because it's a keeper and you expect him to just launch the body at stuff. Because he just sort of jumped at his midriff. He didn't go anywhere near the ball. He just, he just kicks him very high. It's a definite red card anywhere else. If he'd done it to Luciano Becchio, I might agree. You'd have been on the pitch for doing that to Lucia. But um, every attempt on Dexter Blackstock's life <laughs> just brings Lucio, Luciano one step closer to coming home. Good banter. I don't think that's necessarily the case. You know, I think if Black, I think I think we're probably not going to get him even if Blackstock uh, passes away. There was good banter on uh, Twitter this week. Luciano Becchio said to Robert Snodgrass something about, "Oh, Rob Snodgrass was cheering on Celtic against." Ajax and Becchio responded when are you going to shut your mouth big nose uh, to which Ross McCormack replied ooh uh, damn get the Scottish accents oh <laughs> what you got for that to say to that not after the death threats last time though. and then uh, Rob Snodgrass said uh, Luciano's just um, angry because he's not scored a goal for so long and then Bradley Johnson pitched up and was like, play fair, that's the best thing Luciano Becchio's said for ages. It only needed, like, Johnny House and maybe Jermaine Beckford to chip in, Gradle to come on and say, oh, bon- bonjour, and uh, Neil Kilkenny to be in there. It was like a, everybody reunited on Twitter from their different clubs. So it's nice that they all get along. It's a shame they don't all play together. But yeah, Ross McCormack, not for sale, especially not to Middlesbrough. We did make very hard work of this, didn't we, after... Given we were playing against ten men for most of the game, the well, second half we we seemed to entirely give up on passing through midfield. I mean, they didn't. I think they only had maybe one other shot apart from the one that went in. But we still never really looked comfortable because we never had possession for very long. But I think Murphy was very poor in this one. He seemed to be doing a good job of hiding from the ball as opposed to actually looking for it off defenders. So it just was. It, it reverted slightly to it wasn't as bad, but a bit of Warnock end of last season play where it was just being put into corners and yeah. back to Kenny and going long and it was just shit to watch really. From about the 85th minute the ball was being taken into the corners to waste time. So from the 89th minute Michael Brown it replaced Luke Murphy. That's not a good thing. I was actually That's how bad Murphy was actually. I was actually suggesting we bring Brown on. I watched Brown when he came on and I don't think he touched the ball. Maybe once but then Murphy he's didn't touch, either. He's not there to touch the ball, he's there to touch the men. You know what I mean? Do you think maybe um, Luke Murphy was a little bit scared because at Lorimer's Bar on Monday, him and Smith said that that was the best atmosphere they'd ever played in. Maybe they'd never heard noise like it. Really? Brighton was better than that. What were they on about? He's been played at Wembley. He's got no memory. <laughs> Admittedly, it was only for crew, but, you know, it's got to have something. Well, I don't know. First season for Murph. Still got faith. Next season he'll yes, rise up. from League One. So it's a bit of a jump for him. Yeah. I like him. I think he's doing I well. like him generally. This game he was appalling, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not letting him off. We'll recognise him when he plays well, but mm. in this game he was absolutely That's you, shit. You give him the shit sandwich. Yeah, I really like yeah. him. Yeah, but he's yeah. rubbish. He's rubbish. Look at look at your Lithuanian nutcase. 
He's only just signed for Leeds and he was he was bloody ace. He was immense. Definitely the, the best centre-back in the world. Yes. It I, was, I would say. Somebody did point out that the debuts of Leeds centre-backs in recent years have been... I remember saying the same about Andy O'Brien. <laughs> Looks very good. It'll, it'll improve this team enormously. Yeah. <laughs> but um, hopefully uh, Marius Zaliukas... Bing! I am scared of saying it. Marius Zaliukas... I can't say it twice. Marius, he looked really good. And he's just... I like... Um, the fact that he's gone more for Rocky the, Balboa uh, than Rocky Junior. Very good. Thank I you. like the fact that he's gone for the uh, long sleeve vest underneath the short sleeve shirt because you always know it's him. He stands out on the pitch, so he's not afraid to sort of say, "I'm here. I'm dressed oddly." T-shirt over a jumper is, is like a fan's keeping warm. But yeah, you can always see what he's doing and what he's up to and what he's doing and what he's up to is generally of, of very high quality in the um, one game <laughs> that we've seen so far back off QPR you, you had your chance and a, a word about the attendance then over 30,000 in Ellen Road dragging the uh, the average up towards 26,000 now it's it's a positive step even if 3,000 of them are free school children why not though really yeah. if we've got empty seats Someone might as well sit in them. They might. Some of them might pay to come back. How many of that three thousand would have actually bought a ticket if mm. they weren't given free ones? Probably none of them, or about ten. And some of those seats probably haven't been like lowered or raised in years. So it's just like it's like a proof of concept. It's almost like health and safety testing. Like WD forty. Send yeah. them in. When Ken Bates used to just use the uh, Jehovah's Witness conferences as free cleaners. Um, because he said that they used to just come and clean up Ellen Road and then, strangely enough, they cancelled after after those comments. But, um, yeah, we just used the kids as like a free test for, to see if the stadium still works. So all this leaves us in sixth position. As we say, we've entered the playoff uh, picture finally. Uh, 26 points on the board. Have we got a bit of momentum behind us now then, gents? Three wins on the bounce and all that. Have we got three wins on the bounce? <laughs> we probably have, haven't we? Yeah. Bloody hell. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not used to it. I think at some point last year we were in the playoffs as well, weren't we? Um, I think we spent all last season in the playoffs and it was only when we sacked Neil Warnock that we dropped out of them. Oh, is that have you been reading this column? Yes. Again. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. The news. Let's catch up then with all the goings on at Ellen Road and Thorpe Arch uh, in this news section. Uh, no players in at this moment in time, but we are doing our damnedest to retain one of our young players, it would seem. Alex Mower currently in contract negotiations. In a word, is it a good thing and should we keep him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's not bad. How, how long are we signing him up for? Are we, are we tethering him to the club for life? I would expect at least 10 or 15 years. I think, can, we, can we do that in a contract? Are we allowed to do that? 10 to life. Long enough to get a huge fee for him in January. How cynical. Disappointingly so. Yes. Disappointingly so, I would say. Anyway, perhaps we are finding the money in order to tie down Alex Mower by getting rid of Mr Ryan Hall, who, uh, in what is probably the least surprising move of the decade, um, he's left the club by mutual consent after Tweetgate. It was quite surprising. I was expecting us just to keep him hanging around for months, years. But he's taken the money and run and uh, and then stopped running and bought a massive Range Rover and started driving it. The normal threat for players when they fall out of favour is well you can rot in the reserves then mm. um, but for someone of his attitude shrugging yeah. the shoulders yeah I'm still the, my wage will be the same won't it right yeah the old Winston Bogard uh, yeah. move of just sitting like a tit at the training ground if the choice is 
having to turn up to training every day or being paid off to the extent that he can just buy a Range Rover. Has he bought a Range Rover directly after being paid off? The next day, well, the I think the day he was paid off, he tweeted, because uh, obviously Twitter is where he does his best work. Um, he tweeted that he just wanted to thank Leeds United, um, met some great people and looking forward to the future. And then there was nothing else apart from all the replies, which were Leeds fans calling him a wanker, but, you know, that's to be expected. Yeah, taking it all in the spirits. And then the next day, um, he took a picture of a big black Range Rover with, uh, I believe, tinted windows that he said, uh, just bought myself a new toy could for you, Christmas. Could you be any more cliche? Yeah, it's his new Wasn't toy. The tweet the day before where he'd just been sent some boots in the post. He'd been sent some free boots, which yeah. did get some good replies of like... Uh, you won't be needing them. Yeah. <laughs> what are they for? Dickhead footballer buys dickhead car. <laughs> it is a question who who else is going to follow because obviously there are signs of trouble in that Michael Tong has grown a big Marvin Gaye style beard. I see. Yeah, and if you that Marvin Gaye's beard appeared shortly before he recorded uh, what's going on as a protest against his treatment by Barry Gordy and the Motown Corporation. So he could be on the verge of recording one of the greatest soul LPs of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Or maybe not. Or he may. Or maybe uh, the charger for his razors broke. One of the two. <laughs> it's been broken for a long time. It's quite a big bushy thing. But um, Marvin Gaye had to go to the other coast. From got out of Detroit, I think he went to L.A. to record uh, what's going on. So it's a matter of where Tongue is going to have to go and which musicians he takes with him. Blackpool, then, by the sounds of it, by the coast. Morecambe, Fleetwood. He's not short of choices. How many games did Ryan Hall play for us in total? Probably Ten? about a hundred. <laughs> Danny Pugh's numbers snuck up. I don't know, it might be 10. Did And somebody uh, did mention that I'd forgotten that Neil Warnock actually didn't. He once sub him off by telephone, having heard how badly he was doing on the radio. Was that away at Birmingham? Which game was it that Warnock couldn't even be asked going to? Claimed he was ill or whatever. And he, he phoned in at half-time and made a tactical change and it was take, take Ryan Hall off. It was a strange transfer, all in all. Mm. Given Warnock knew him before and then signed him and then never played him. Played, yeah. more, played him more on loan than when we actually signed him. Well, at that point, he was proving that he wasn't fit. So once he'd proven that he wasn't fit, he realised that he was worth the fee. And so we bought him. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Yeah, very, very strange. Another, another master stroke in the transfer market. Yeah, it's a very strange, a very strange affair, isn't it? I wouldn't want to have a strange affair with Neil Warnock. I'm glad those days are behind us. One thing to note is that we have struck up a relationship relationship yeah um, with the Leeds Rhinos who I believe are a rugby team based in Leeds I believe you're also contractually obliged to mention that they are horny well they Russell's papers there we go told I've just consulting the con- yes the horny Leeds Rhinos it's hands across the oceans it's like the uh, um, United Nations and the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation it's all of this stuff um, you're the only man I've ever heard them <laughs> by the full name <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it means Ronnie the Rhino and uh, Lucas the Copcat seem to be... There's a concentration on the charitable um, wings. Well, neither Ronnie or Lucas have wings. Um, Claws. The charitable claws. Do rhinos have claws? I think they may have hooves. I don't know. (laughs) Right. The charitable claws, in uh, Lucas's case, (laughs) and hooves. Well, I suppose it'd be the horn. So it's it's the... uh, Lucas's claw is gripping the uh, the horn of Ronnie the Rhino, and they're going to be heading around the schools <laughs> together to uh, entertain the children and encourage them into the world of sport. 
nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> or hoofball. Yes. Um, yeah. So, sorry, we're, we're releasing two wild animals into the schools of Leeds, are we now? It's like when you try to repel mice with cheese, they just grow to like it, and the kids have just got used to Lucas. Who tries to now. repel mice with cheese? Well, you know, I've seen Tom and Jerry. It always seems to be the other way around. You try to catch them, you know what I mean? Well, all right then. Well, when you try to repel something repellent with an item it doesn't like, but it just grows to love that item and you cannot repel that thing anymore, hypothetically. Um, <laughs> and the children have got used to Lucas and they've got used to Ronnie, but they're not expecting the two of them together, so it's going to have far more educative impact. And also, probably, the two clubs will just like share their customer databases and send oh, that what they meant by sh- sharing knowledge um they're definitely you know they're, they're teaming up and they did you know they are being quite honest about it there's a lot of leeds fans don't go and watch rhinos or rhinos fans don't go and watch leeds they could they may not be aware of each other appears to be the argument that uh, a lot of leeds united fans don't know we have a, a rugby league team in the city but quite um, seriously though it's, it's a good step and one that is to be applauded just building more links within the community and the city itself. And in yeah. terms of sharing knowledge, it, Leeds Rhinos are quite good. I'm not a rugby fan, but no. I understand that much. We could probably we could take Ryan Hall. I believe he's the world's best at what he does. Top try scorer at the Rugby League World Cup. Yeah. They have a Ryan Hall and they have a Brian McDermott. We'll keep our Brian McDermott. We'll take their Ryan Hall. They can have our Ryan Hall and use him for... Um, the tackle bag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out of the Range Rover first, and then use him as a tackle bag. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what a Rhino's gold and/or silver membership costs. But if you got one of them, uh, you can get a ticket for Wigan for ten quid. That's for so, the East Stand Upper. We should add up yeah. in the up in the clouds. The, one of the um, I was given a. a I think we're trying to fool them because we're playing Wigan, and they think, "Oh, Wigan, they're a good side." <laughs> I was given a free ticket for um, the East Stand Upper against for the match against Leicester. I took out a subscription to Lee's 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 magazine, free match ticket, and I had a this whole... This is a recent thing, now. Oh, no. I had a whole block of seats to myself in the East Stand Upper to enjoy David O'Leary's first match as caretaker manager. We lost 2-0, I think. Well, at least, it was at least 1-0, because Tony Cotty scored one, and I think he scored two in the end. It was a lonely... Desperate, some might say. Reasonably miserable experience. But here I am, more than ten years later... Um, still having lonely, desperate experiences, um, and in the sometimes of your own home, and sometimes going to watch the football, <laughs> etc. Maybe they'll play each other. Maybe uh, you know I'd like to do these deals. Um, they arrange friendlies: Leeds Rhinos versus Leeds United. That'd Michael Brown would love this idea. Michael Brown would get taken apart. Some of these we would love this idea. <laughs> Some of these rugby league players are actually legitimately quite strong. <laughs> With Michael Brown, I've got the impression, having watched him for a few years, that he may be more talk than uh, his his muscles are all in his tongue. Whereas all the rhinos, we players, yeah, we get it. Their muscles are in their horn, the collective horn. Maybe we just have the mascots fight when it when this all goes wrong. <laughs> fight to the death. Yeah, duke it out. Pay per view, and you could probably listen to the, hey, this what a segue this is. You all could right. probably listen to it. Live on Radio Yorkshire. But I've never heard of your Radio Yorkshire. I've heard of Yorkshire Radio and I used to hate it. Um, well, this appears to be the latest, latest incarnation of uh, Ken Bates' media wet dreams. I mean, he's, he's back on the scene. He's, he's loitering above a sandwich shop. Like a sex on machine. <laughs> loitering above a sandwich shop um, on Ellen Road. Cheekily. We're all the best media empires. Where all the best, where all the best sex machines live. 
Um, and he's told Richard Sutcliffe at the Yorkshire Post that he's not back getting involved in any of the uh, discussions for taking over the club. Instead, he is setting up a media empire, the sort of thing I, I dare say that Rupert Murdoch, who is of a similar age to Mr Bates, must be quaking in his boots. If he's back and he wants no involvement in Leeds United, why doesn't he take his office and fuck off somewhere else? It's not like it's not like it's handy for the airport. We believe he's uh, crouched like a spider above a plug um, in an office above Subway on Elland Road with a, a view of the of Billy's Bar, which he's been haunting on Sunday lunches. But anyway, we, we, he's creating Radio Yorkshire, isn't he? He mm. said that, that, it's that time somebody did. Yeah, Yorkshire Radio's gone, but you can look forward to Radio Yorkshire coming on the scene. And it appears that RadioYorkshire.co.uk and .com have both been snapped up towards this end. All um, those um, company names have been snapped up as well, Radio Yorkshire and... York's Radio. York's well, Radio yeah. and uh, YTV was taken up as well. And then suddenly, like, Plantagenet Media, which is, I don't think, related to the Plantagenet people who were trying to argue that Richard of York should be buried in York rather than Leicester. Pure coincidence. Although, again, Ken from the same era, so maybe. <laughs> yes. He's probably got documentary evidence of where Richard Duke of York wanted to be buried. So what was it? Can we can we hear a quote from Ken? Well, well which one would you like? Well, obviously we know that he'd, he'd tried to buy Yorkshire Radio mm. and the club's official site um, and LUTV from the club. So let's pick up the story from there. Yeah, he bid them something like 600 grand plus uh, they could keep 5% of future profits. But some, for some reason, GFH elected just to close the thing. I don't know if that what that says about the 5% of uh, future profits who we're going to get, but um, Ken has, uh, has said that that bid has got so far down the line with the bid. Uh, before the plug was pulled, the plug that presumably was crouching over like a false widow, um, before the plug was pulled later on, we decided to carry on anyway. Uh, that's why I'm here in Leeds and nothing else. It is goodbye, Yorkshire Radio, and hello, Radio Yorkshire. Which is pretty much, I mean, it's good. Never let Ken look at why somebody might have pulled the plug on something like a radio station that was losing money hand over fist every year that it operated, but just decided to carry on anyway. Registered the website, fuck it, keep going. I mean, I don't mind him doing this, really, because Yorkshire Radio lost fucking loads of money, and it's not, yeah. if it's not my money is losing, effectively. <laughs> then I'm fine with that. Unless he wins his legal case, in which case it might be. Because the other thing but if got. you won, if you won some money in a legal case, would your first thought be, "I'm going to spunk this on a shit radio station"? <laughs> I can lose all this money now. This is why casinos with some make terrible, money with some terrible reporting. It's, it's he, yes, he is the archetypal casino gambler, isn't he? Doesn't learn from his losses. Which is why, since he lives in the fucking capital of casino culture in the world in Monte Carlo, why doesn't he just stay there and get on the roulette wheels? Probably barred from everywhere. Do you think there's anywhere in Monaco actually lets Ken Bates in? I know there's that one... Somebody, like cafe on the front. Yeah, and wasn't it... Somebody said that the whole his whole involvement in Leeds United was so that he could sort of front up to David Coulthard and still be somebody. Because like David Coulthard could just say, well, I was a Formula One driver. And Ken Bates could say, well, I, I'm somebody too. Whereas I run uh, Yorkshire Radio, I mean, uh, Radio, I run a radio... Ben uh, Fry, media I run Empire. Ben Fry. So it's looking forward to uh, station director Fry Ben um, at uh, Radio yeah. Yorkshire. Speaking of his legal case, whilst obviously this is still in the court system, so we have to be careful about what we say. But we can uh, we can be ridiculous about the voice we say it in. Yes. Um, we. <laughs> what facts do we know about this? Because this seems to be... Uh, who's suing who, basically? Uh, they're suing each other. Ah, 
We sued him first, however, though, so 1 0 to Leeds United. Um, I love the idea of Leeds United suing Ken Bates, by the way. It is, it's good, um, as long as we win. That's the, that's the, the, the big, the problem. It's, um, yeah, it all relates to him being president, which he was. So next time David Coulthard tries to give him any shit, he can just say, well, you never president of McCarran. But they, they put a stop to that, and it seems that the reasons, as stated in the court case, which, uh, Leeds United have launched against him and they launched in July alleges misconduct and they're claiming against Ken Bates for the cost of the private jet contract which we knew about so the £500,000 over three years that he signed the club up for for the private jet presumably we can't not pay it so we're trying to get that money from him and then there's also the personal expenses um, of over £100,000 that we like back because they were not used for the benefit of the club. Obviously, Ken would feel differently about the three dinner bills that totaled £32,000, uh, the flights from Portugal to Monaco that, uh, and the other way that took him to and from a football conference. It was the Football League annual conference, was that one? I'm sure they were all delighted to see him. You know, Ken, everybody, Ken's here. Great. How was your flights? Oh, private and, and expensive. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also his Sky Sports uh, subscription, which uh, we can quote him on. In fact, we can quote him on two of these things. We can quote him on uh, the matter of the bill for the dinners, which uh, he says is down entirely to the uh, incompetence of Leeds United. I'm not going to talk about uh, the incompetence of Leeds United um, in uh, the period when Bates was president, June, July. Um, I think it might have been April that the dinners were arranged. Perhaps being institutional, you know, in co- that kind of a culture of competence comes from the top. That's all I'm saying. So if Leeds United were not able to process these invoices correctly, Whoever, whoever's fault it was, as well, I think mm. we, it's, we should be pointing out that three dinners for thirty-two thousand pounds makes Ken Bates a uh, fat shit. <laughs> That's a lot of beef Wellington. <laughs> It's well. They were, um, I believe, they were sort of farewell dinners that he arranged. Was he eating people? Do you think? <laughs> Has he ordered a human for that price? Was he feeding the five thousand? At what point? I mean, we we did say we were going to be careful legally. At what point does accusing Ken Bates of eating people uh, drag us <laughs> into into problems? Um, anyway, that bill apparently should have been sent to two of those bills. Rather, should have been sent to um, Ken Bates. Which he, um, which he admits, that, yeah. Well, he admits that, but he says now about the other one. And then his other counter-comment is, as for Sky Sports, how else was the chairman of Leeds United, which I still was until June the 30th, which is the period covered, supposed to keep up with what was happening in football? Now, I don't know. Yorkshire Radio at that time, its sports coverage was second to none. And uh, you could just get that over the internet. And because he owned the damn thing, I presume they wouldn't have charged a subscription fee. So... I don't know. He maybe he didn't think uh, think creatively enough about how he could get his uh, his sports content. Twitter exists. A lot of news on Twitter. You can see it all on Leeds United, and not just sit there watching Sky Sports for free all day like some kind of uh, scrounging scumbag. Which I would not like to uh, refer to Ken Bates as in advance of the resolution of this court case. Anyway, so he's countersued and said. Uh, uh, he wants compensation over the termination of his presidency because uh, it was going to earn him a phantom £750,000. Apparently they worked out a deal where his presidency was going to be worth a salary of £250,000 a year, but then because he is golden-hearted, 
Ken Bates said he, he didn't. I don't want that. He didn't want the two hundred fifty thousand pounds a year. Instead, he got a. a he wants to be able to spend two hundred fifty thousand pounds a year. Yes, he got an, an expense account. <laughs> he got an expense account because you know he may not have spent all of the expense account, and it was less than his wage anyway. I think it, I think it was like two hundred thirty nine thousand pounds a year. They said was his limit of spending expenses, so he wasn't going to be paid a penny. But he could Still run up. Not taking a penny out of that club. He could he run up. That, that's years. what I always liked about him. Yeah. He could run up expenses, and um, considering that the crux of the Leeds United stroke GFH case against him is that they were the expenses he did run up of a hundred thousand pounds in what was he president for? Like thirty days um, was not used for the benefit of the club. So all the money he would have spent on expenses would have been for the benefit of Leeds United, Sky Sports private jets, £32,000 for three dinners, all for the benefit of, of Leeds United and not a penny tech now. But now since they sacked him, he wants his money. He wants his money. I mean, I don't have, I don't have Sky Sports because I think it is too expensive, but I don't think it costs two hundred and fifty grand a year. I know I know people who have it and I, I'm sure they don't earn that kind of money. If you get the broadband as well, though, you know, it costs start to add up. Yeah. And the fax machine. Don't forget, you've got to rent the fax machine from them as well. So after all that, it does appear that Ken's not getting involved in any sort of financial shenanigans with uh, with Leeds United mm. in terms of purchasing anyway from his lair over the road at Subway. He said he's not purchasing, but then he also said he wasn't taking a penny out of the club, which, given the 250 grand expenses... Uh, mm. Open to debate? Different interpretations, yeah. I would say. How, how do you think Subway feel about his uh, his residency upstairs? I'd say if he's got any more immediate financial pressures, it may be when they next get a bill from their insurers. I don't know if you have to declare a hated old man in your attic. Vandalism uh, risk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, if he was to launch a takeover bid, I mean, we know where he is. Indeed, indeed. Listen, so uh, we'll move on to what we do know about the Leeds United finances, etc., and stuff that's happened this week. Well, mm. I say we know we know a limited amount, but we'll talk about it anyway. I thought this was all f- done and dusted when Go Finance House bought us. Why are we for sale again? I'm well, confused. Uh, are we? Uh, are we? We 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 are I'm afraid. We? Well, what what it does look like is that Gulf Finance House are no longer financially supporting us because we have our chairman and um, MD doing that by all accounts because uh, Mr. Narudin has been buying chunks of Leeds United and chunks of GFH, to be mm. fair. And now David Haig has invested a seven-figure sum into the club. Which could be anything. It could be anything from... A million know. pounds to nine million nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine pounds and 99 pence. I, re- I reckon it's the lower one. Isn't that a nine-figure sum, <laughs> if you bring the I pence. was including the pence, yes, anyway. By the by. A nine-figure sum, my God. <laughs> We're rich. <laughs> Anyway, what, Thanks, we were, Dave. what we were saying is that uh, Sport Capital have put in a million. We are understanding. Sport Capital. They've got a, they, Dan? They're a long-standing company with a big reputation, great products. Well, do you remember when Mr. Haig took off to Brazil? Um, Which time? His jaunt uh, more recently. The more recent mm. one, when he was hobnobbing with uh, the people from Botafogo. I remember when he went to Kilimanjaro. Well, when he went to see the people at Botafogo. Is it when he went to the Arctic? When he went to see the people... I, can you leave, let me get this line? I, I remember when he went to Mongolia as well, which is true. You'd think that would be a joke. Do you remember? What, oh, yeah, and then he, he was in Mongolia. But no, he actually went to Bataan and, and met like the head of the Mongolian FA to promote the Leeds United brand. So He, so, is, on, he is on his gap here, isn't he? Remember when he went to the full moon party in Thailand? 
spreading the Leeds United brand. Anyway, listen, he was hobnobbing with Botafogo, wasn't he? While backpacking across Australia. <laughs> and this company, Sport Capital, was incorporated on the same day that he flew out to Brazil. Mm. That day, the 23rd of October this year. This company, Sport Capital, was incorporated and it's 50% owned by him via an address in Sussex. Um, and 50% owned by a company in duh, 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 the British Virgin Islands, one of our favourite locations in the world for Leeds United owning and financing companies. So that's what we know. Mm. And he's apparently said that this million pounds is been earmarked for the January transfer window. Million pounds minimum. Could be Seven anything. Sum. Yeah. Million and up. Certainly it's enough not just to finance the January transfer window, but it's also... He's installing, well, no, it's said on the website that he had accepted the role of chairman. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com of uh, Leeds United ladies, which was presumably uh, offered to him in light of him agreeing to sponsor uh, Leeds United, or not him, Sports Capital, are going to sponsor Leeds United ladies for the next two seasons. And I immediately want to uh, buy their wares. Now I know that they're sponsoring one of our teams. Where can I buy some of this Sport Capital good good stuff? Sussex or the British Virgin Islands. And what is it? That's the next question. What well, is it that Sport Capital will do for me? Well, look... And for Leeds United ladies, apart from sponsor them. This is the thing. I mean, um, facetiousness aside, what what do you make of this? Because this is another loan that's come in from a Hague-related company. Now, Berrydale and Brendale, that have also put monies in before, both registered to the same address as GFHC, yeah? Now, this one is a different, different kettle of fish. And uh, we're not being financed now by... The investment bank, they don't appear to be investing in their investment. Mm. It's being done by people who work for them. Their employees. They could have gone rogue. That's one charming scenario is if uh, David Haig has just thrown his hands up in the air and just gone, you corporate guys in your suits and ties, in your offices, at your desks, you just don't get it no more. I'm going to put in... I'm going to put down my backpack and throw some money in this club. When I was dancing on the beach in Goa, I realised that what I had to do with my fortune that I have 
has suddenly apparently got is invest seven figures worth of it in Leeds United because you guys just ain't got the balls. He's realised he has to save Leeds United. Oh, echoes of putting your arm around Susanna, looking her in the eyes. Oh, you sexy man. The thing is, Ken Bates was never rescuing Leeds United from the other owners of Leeds United because uh, he never knew who they were. Whereas David Haig knows who they are because he works for them and he's saving Leeds United from his mates. What sits a bit uneasy with this, with me, is that we seem to be living sort of hand-to-mouth and... Whilst there is a general positive reaction to the idea, or in certain quarters, that him putting money in via whatever means is a good thing, with the best will in the world, given that we know about the cash flow problems at the club that were highlighted after they took over, that is a million pounds enough? Is it enough to move us forward? You know, why, why do we get loan after loan after loan? Where's the big injection of cash that allows us to move on to the next level. Mm. Well, seven figures out of David Haig's bank account is quite a big injection of cash for him because there's never been any evidence that he's really all that rich himself. He's not got a track record of being a multimillionaire. He's he's richer than anybody in this room except perhaps Michael. Um, But he's, he's never... Been he's not, regarded Donald, he's not a, Donald Trump, is he? Let's put it that way. He ain't a player, but he's got a player's money, and he's putting that player's money into Leeds United. So, who is the player? Well, let's, let's what look, does the player want for that player's money? Let's look at the bare facts. Then, is this is money is evidently, in your opinion, do you think, uh, come through this British Virgin Islands anonymous, anonymous offshore company? And if so, how easy does that sit with you? I almost yearn for the days when Ken Bates could do that sort of thing, and we'd only find out about it once a year. I remember when we used to look at the end of accounts, we would see um, like there was the outro one where he, he invested a million and then took out a million a week later because presumably they'd paid the bills and then other bills had come in and it was all good again. So we only have to deal with it once a year. Because of the uh, the reporting that GFH have to do to the Bahrain Stock Exchange, we find out about it every time they do it. I'd quite like them to be able to just put a bill in and not bother me and then all I have to do is go to sleep at night dreaming of Luciano Becchio coming back. Instead, um, we're back to this whole, what is he up to? What's he doing thing? Where is he standing for um, election? What, why does he have so many different companies? Who is back providing the money for all those companies? And why is this one half in Sussex, half in the British Virgin Islands? Why is he chairman of Leeds United Larry's? Lair- why, and uh, if why is Sport Capital sponsoring a team when they've got no discernible services to offer? You know, it's all very... Murky. Um, I, I was I've, almost going to say very Venkies, but I suppose they at least had chicken as a product. I'm finding it murky, and, and, and it doesn't sit particularly easy with me because we are getting back into opaque ownership and management again, and mm. we campaigned against it for long enough. And whilst Bates was guilty of many other crimes... Outside of that, in our opinion, this has all the same financial framework. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it it also makes us wonder where the where the power does lie at the moment. It was pointed out. Um, I think our good friend, the beaten generation, totted up who had invested in Leeds United since uh, Gulf Finance House took over and started seeking investment. And so far, it's uh, Salah uh and IMB. Uh, which is Salah Nuruddin's old 
company. Envest. Which is Sally Nerudin and Mrs. Nerudin. Uh, Berrydale. Which is David Haig. Um, Brendale. David Haig. Sport Capital. David Haig. Right, I'm noticing a trend now. <laughs> they all work for the, basically are part of the same thing. So they've managed to, it's like, uh, we joked about it before about David Haig turning up and saying, I've, oh, I've secured more investment and it's just him again. It is, it's like, I'm going to go out and see, it's like when a, a, a kid for a business studies project has to get investors and so they go to the dad, the uncle and the nan saying, can you invest in my lemonade stand? What's confusing for me is that David Haig has invested in us through one company and then inv- rather than invest through that same company again, he starts another company. He's already got a way of putting money to lease. Why Why start another company? It makes you want, from my point of view, I'm, I kind of think, what's? why would you do that? Someone will know, I'm sure. And there's also the matter of the personal gain for whoever it is that owns the other half of this sport capital company in the British Virgin exactly. Islands. The other thing to highlight about sport capital that I've not really seen mentioned much is that somebody is playing silly buggers with the name because we're owned by Gulf Finance House Capital, whose concentration is on the Gulf, on finance and on houses, um, capital. <laughs> and now suddenly uh, David Haig's pitched up with half a new company called Sport Capital, who are immediately, all they all they do is sponsor a ladies football team and invest in Leeds United. So they are Sport Capital as opposed to the Gulf Finance House Capital that seems odd as well, especially if he is, you know, as we've highlighted, it's an employee of Gulf Finance House Capital making up a company with a very similar name that's almost a poke in the eye because it's more about sport than it's about Gulf Finance House than investing in the company that his boss is on. Mm. I tell you, he's, he's, it's like a Michael Douglas falling down thing. He's like, he's, he's trapped within the system and he's going crazy within the system and he's just throwing money at, at women who all play for Leeds United Ladies and are doing very well. Well, not doing that great this season, but with his backing, they'll do better. Um, if you follow Nick Harris, journalist um, on Twitter, who is Sporting Intelligence, at Sporting Intel, I believe, has described them uh, this week as basically small-timers who have taken a gamble and we are yet to see if it will pay off. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that they are gambling on promotion and... Uh, we are living hand to mouth, or do you think there is a grand plan? Which they was he talking about in this instance? Of GFH, GFH yes, Capital. Well, I think the, the the general entity, them, they. As gambles go, it seems fairly low stakes. Like as we'll come on to in a minute, I'm sure Blackburn. They've gambled. They're spending 136 percent of their turnover on wages. That seems like a gamble to try and get back up again. Mm. As far as I'm aware, these Bates legacy loans that we've been left with. That aside. We're living fairly sensibly, aren't we? As you said earlier, Leicester spending money last season, didn't get promoted, as Ken rightly told us. Mm. Investing a seven-figure sum for the January window. It's a big payday if we do get promoted for little outlay. It's more money than I could lay my hands on. But is is, is it a case the alarm bells are ringing here because we have this investment bank who ostensibly own us, yet they're no longer investing in us. Mm. We are apparently held for sale. We have employees of the investment bank investing in us, separate to the parent company. If they were all that and capable of realising what they want to do, which is obviously to get us promoted and cash in on it, would they not be investing in us themselves rather than 
their MD and our MD or whatever he is, you know. Let's not forget the consortium that's looking to buy us. Well, so, as well, you said in the last pod, are people just getting their ducks in a row to... Uh, well, but this is what I'm asking. You know, are, are we living hand-to-mouth until the right bid lands on the table and are we just ticking over until that happens? Well, it's worth noting that the source of the gamble, Gulf Finance House, who have bought us through Gulf Finance House Capital, their core business um, so far this year has been uh, centred on selling their shares at much less than than they're worth. They've been unloading bits of their company to get money in quick for less than it's actually worth. And then Hisham Aureus fronts up, who is acting, he's only acting as CEO of, of GFH, saying, uh, yeah, but we've got a great credit rating, we've got all these plans uh, about property. There was that story about them buying property in London, um, investing because it's going to have great returns but there's no evidence of great returns from those investments if they've been made in their accounts it's that all their accounts show is what value they own being sold for less than its true value so I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere up the chain in Bahrain they've gone we've invested X in buying Leeds United as a gamble to see if it will pay off and get us into the Premier League and earn why and they've gone basically uh if it needs more than x david feel free you're welcome to invest but we ain't gonna and if somebody comes along with a a reasonable bid that'll get them out of it they're taking reasonable bids for their shares which are less than what they're actually worth so a reasonable bid for leeds united even if it's less than what it's actually worth i think they there may be someone there willing to listen just to explain that comment as well, what they've been doing is raising money to keep the company going by selling their shares at less than market values. That That's what you're saying. That yes. was what was reported in their quarterly results, yeah? Yeah. It's not necessarily to keep... They're not um, about to go bust, but they've got big loans that they need to meet the payments on, and the way that they're meeting the payments is by selling off. I likened it in the new issue to, like, when we sold Woodgate for £9 million, when we'd just sold... Ferdinand for 30 and Woodgate was better. We were done on the Woodgate deal. We were done on Aaron Lennon. We sold Lennon for a million. when He was worth way more, but we needed a million. Oh, it's a bit like when you try and sell 20-year season tickets. You're selling something you know to be worth more than that because you yeah. need the money immediately. And, and it's then not- no one buys them. Well, you were the one who um, broke the story on the wires, <laughs> weren't you, on the City Talking website about the um, Lucas Radebay uh, and what transpired to be Gary Verity bid. Yeah. Um Talk to us about that then, Journo Scoop man. Yeah. Yes, Journo Scoops are uh, much more mundane than you'd think. You'd like to think there's like there's a, a phones ringing left and right and everybody um, in a fever pitch. But I was actually, I'd gone home. At least I was trying to go home because it was Friday night and uh, I think there was a plastic bottle full of whiskey that I'd stolen that I was going to uh, take care of. And we'd found out during the day that Lucas Radderby was involved in a bid to buy Leeds United. Obviously, we can't say how we found out or who we found out from because then people stop telling you things. But um, we would, we found out about it and we, we asked questions and found out it was true. And then we said, well, shall we put it on the website? And we went, nah, not really much to it. Didn't really know a great deal about it. Um, so decided not to rock the boat. And then, yeah, when I was on my way home, I heard uh, we'd, we'd sort of been given the uh, the green light. We basically said, if you want to 
mentioned that Lucas Radaby is part of a, basically what we put up. Lucas Radaby is part of a consortium that's uh, that wants to buy Leeds United. They said, if you want to print that, yeah, do it. So we thought, why not? Friday night, mayhem on the internet. And then obviously it's then, it was, uh, it's quite interesting to watch uh, the various um, PR companies who represent GFH and David Haig and Leeds United all sort of competing because it's worth pointing out that Paul Dews, who is the football club's press officer, was enjoying a holiday in Whitby that weekend. But So everybody else kind of leapt into action and started taking care of it, which is why statements on Saturday that said uh, that they were bemused and had no idea where any of this was, was coming from, bemused by the thought that Lucas Radaby was uh, trying to take over it was involved in a consortium to take over at Leeds, was immediately followed by... Because um, actually we've been talking to Lucas for months. So that was strange. And then they, they've said that they had received uh, no bids to take over Leeds United from a consortium involving Lucas Radaby. Um, and then it was Adam Pope of the BBC who then said, word just reached him of a bid being made by a group uh, involving Lucas Radaby. So the same statement came out again that just said we have received no serious bids from um, a consortium with a serious intention um, of taking over at Leeds United so so it was quite interesting to watch the the spread out and the and then that consortium now Gary Verity has been named who is the chairman of uh, Welcome to Yorkshire there's Mike Farnan who was uh, chief executive no he was international marketing director at Sunderland and one of his achievements there was the Invest in Africa sponsor- shirt sponsorship deal, which turned out to be an oil company. But, you know, these things happen. And then there is um, a guy whose name escapes me, but he works for a marketing company who employ Paddy Crair and son. And then Lucas Radaby is, is around and involved. In summary, then, <laughs> would you like to see that happen, knowing as much as we know now, or do we need to see more detail? Where's the money? Where's the money in it? None of those <laughs> Seven million rich. quid they bid, but according who's got to... It? Uh, who's got it? That's the thing, because Lucas has got a few quid, but not that much. No, Garavarity, I imagine, he's paid a decent salary. But, but again, look, do you, do you think? Much. Do you think that a seven million pound bid is a, is a truly realistic thing for people who have serious intentions? Was it, it, I, I was doubt, it for the whole club, though? And I and it was it actually seven million? Because there's ways of spinning things, isn't there? That, it's particularly with multiple PR companies, yes. Hmm. Was it just a six-figure sum? <laughs> <laughs> Coming up. Well, it all starts again on Saturday. 6,800 Leeds fans uh, making the short journey across the Pennines to Blackburn. Their highest crowd this season, 16,600 and odd uh, against Middlesbrough. The average, 14,300. Well, we're taking nearly seven. So it should be a nice a bumper crowd for the old bumpkins there. Aren't they charging a fortune? Converts-esque Yeah, 32 of your English pounds, I think. Mm, that's a lot too. No wonder they've given us such a generous allocation. <laughs> yeah. It's often said that a lot of championship clubs will miss us when we're gone and a lot of Premier League clubs would love to have us for that reason. So enjoy it while it lasts, Blackburn. It won't help you keep Jordan Rhodes. Well, their boss, Gary Boer, says uh, they're treating it as a cup final. Nice to have somebody finally acknowledge what the rest of the world knows to be true. They were champions of England more recently than we were. It's not like, what do you mean not really? Well, it was all pretend, wasn't it? It's all steal money. You're not going to take that medal off of David Batty. It's a fair point. I always try and uh, count that Blackburn win as um, a little bit of a a lead Did he get a medal? I didn't think he got one. 
didn't play enough games today. Yeah, I've seen that raised. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to ignore it. As far as I'm okay. concerned, David Batty was uh, ever-present top scorer and uh, lifted the trophy like, like the fine captain that... Um, was it Black um, man never had? Who was the? It was Colin Hendry who had the weird sort of uh, Hair? face. No, it was, it was his face <laughs> that like was the problem. Yeah. Yes, he did look like a scarecrow. Like. Back to the present day, then they're currently lying fourteenth. Bit of a mixed bag of results. I mean, they've got some talented players in their squad. They're uh, one, but they're um, one five drawn, five lost, six. What what are we expecting from this game then? Jordan Rhodes hat trick. It should effectively be a home game for us because away support is a lot louder than home support, and mm. so I would I would imagine. We should win. Well, Blackburn, if it is purely on attendances, they have been leaking fans. I think all the Venkies and Steve Keane stuff and chickens on the pitch and uh, tennis balls being thrown around has kind of worn them all out and nobody can really be bothered anymore. Yeah, so keep alluding to They've got Jordan Rhodes is the main threat. Um, it's just a shame we won't be able to play them. Well, I guess we play them... Do we play them twice? We play everyone twice. So, yeah. But are we playing Blackburn twice? Probably, yeah. Okay, so oh, not, New not, Year's not, Day. Not in this Is game. it? Okay, so there's, there's, they're going to have Jordan Rose for both both fixes because he's got the um, he's scoring far too many goals for a team that lost thirty odd million last season to be able to keep. It's just a shame it's going to be too expensive for us. And what if uh, we go up though? So when we go up, well, he'll probably have been sold to someone else by then because I don't see him lasting at Blackburn past the start of January. So basically, watch him put Leesenbauer on him or Marius or both. Leave the rest of them and uh, and pray. Some very interesting facts on our prep sheet here. Uh, things Blackburn are good at, mm. according to whoscored.com. Now, somebody run me through these amazing and fascinating uh, insights into Blackburn. Have you seen whoscored.com? I haven't, but I, I've been told about it by you just now. It's good. It does this thing. It predicts games and says what, what teams are good at, what they're bad at, and what's likely to happen. So it says uh, things things that Blackburn are good at are creating chances through individual skill and things that Leeds are bad at are defending against skillful players. <laughs> so... What do you think's going to happen? Um, have, have I mentioned Jordan Rose? But these things are, are both true of all teams, surely. Defending against skillful players is difficult. Therefore, it's, most teams tend to be bad at it. But if you had... Jack Charlton and Norman Hunter combined into but there are one different, body. There are different levels. Like even Real Madrid's defence is bad against Lionel Messi, for example. It doesn't mean they have a bad defence. They've got terrible defence. <laughs> Sergio Ramos and Pepe. Won't get out of Raul Bravo. Is he still Raul, there? Yeah. Uh, that's why they win every game 7-6, is because Ronaldo has to score 7 to make up for the goals. Obviously, it's not... Um, I wouldn't put money on anything apart from Jordan Rhodes scoring. Um, but it also says that they take a lot of shots, attack through the middle, control the game of the opposition half, and are aggressive. So those are the key characteristics that Blackburn offer. Well, oh, they're 14th. I mean, these are their strengths. I haven't listed the weaknesses, of which there were many. Defending that against they, skillful players being one of them. And that has described Rudy Austin. Take a lot of shots, attack through the middle, control the game in the opposition half, and are aggressive. It's basically Austin against Blackburn is what we're going to see in this game. And I'm back in Austin. Uh, on to Wednesday, the 4th of December, then we continue the Lancashire theme as Wigan visit Ellen Road. That's the football team, not the rugby league team, for any mm-hmm. Rhinos fans who are listening. A lot of disorientated Rhinos fans buying cheap tickets and turning up to this. It's going to be interesting to watch what happens in the in the crowd. Where are the cheerleaders? Where is the barbecue? Why aren't I hearing more pop music? All these questions that rugby league fans will, will ask. Why isn't there some quaint northern banter? Why do I have to sit down? 
Why can't I drink on the terraces? Why, why don't they? Why don't they? Why isn't there a terrace? Why don't they pick the ball up and run? Uh, so we're gonna, why isn't Ryan Hall any good? So, oh, he's, he's sold. <laughs> Too late. That joke would have worked a while ago. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to good at attacking set pieces. I heard uh, stealing <laughs> the ball from opponents and coming back from losing positions. Apparently, they attack a lot down the left, and I've heard they attempt a lot of through balls and take a lot of shots. No, it's not that I'm looking for us to be sponsored by WhoScored.com, for example. Um, it's more the next line that I contributed to this prep sheet where I think I honestly don't think I can name a single Wigan athletic player Grant Holt yeah I can name one he's there all right the, well, you, I couldn't before you helped me they've got ex-Leeds goalkeeper Scott Carson well here's the thing they they were one of the favourites for promotion weren't they as well and you would have thought they would have been up at the top end but they're not they're 11th at the minute sort of uh, just hovering around mid-table I think Coyle was a strange appointment for them because he didn't really do very well at Bolton so you're going to go you're going back probably four years till he was actually good at Burnley um, and the team just, just coming down I don't know he's just touring Lancashire clubs he's got Blackpool to go through um, I suppose it depends how much respect you have for Metropolitan Boundaries Man United and Man City will both at some point Oldham if he gets into rugby league he'll have a field day <laughs> <laughs> could go the um, the Blackwell route go to Bury uh, not, far, not too far away big clubs like Belgium Um <laughs> Hoping to go to Argentina. <laughs> Him and David Haig should get together, shouldn't they? Kevin Blackwell and David Haig. Yeah, go on a tour. He'd massively expose Blackwell's uh, lies as well. Say, oh, I've been, yeah, I'm South Africa, where did you stay? Um, <laughs> just past that. that just big, near, yeah. the, near the yeah. airport. Yeah. <laughs> Which airport? The main one. The one with the planes. <laughs> the, the big one. <laughs> Again, what 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 do we expect out of this sort of uh, run of games? We've got Watford at home, which I think might be the more difficult challenge, although they are only 10th. What are Watford good at, the by Ud- the way, Ud- Being Udinese. The, the list of things that Watford are good at, um, taken from whoscored.com. <laughs> which, sorry, what's the website? It's who, uh, as in the doctor, uh, scored, as in... Drugs. Yes. <laughs> .com, there goes the sponsorship. Um, they, <laughs> they are good at the following... <laughs> Uh, creating chances using through balls, creating chances using individual skill, creating chances in general. It's going to be uh, creating a lot of chances. Um, and yeah. finishing them. They're also good at finishing chances. They're good at attacking set pieces. They're good at coming back from losing positions and they're good at protecting the lead. They're good at quite a lot by the sounds of it. But they, and yet, you as pointed off. out, they're only 10th. Well, I added at the end that they're all... Uh, because there's, cause it's just that's like Watford coming back from parents' evening with a report card. Thing. Well, actually, uh, um, I'm good at coming back from losing positions, but even I'm not often in a losing position because I'm so good at protecting the lead. And also, if you saw them in the playoffs uh, last season, not very good at protecting the lead because didn't they fuck it up in the last very last second, more or less, against Leicester? They did protect the lead quite well at Elland Road by well, scoring a further That didn't form. count. What I'm going to mention... Things they're not good at, having a decent third-choice goalkeeper. <laughs> yes. Protecting the goalkeeper from uh, their own defenders. <laughs> Protecting Dominic Polian from their goalkeeper. Get these things listed, whoscored.com. It will be interesting to see if Polian plays, because he'll be a, a target for um, the 20 people who make the trip up yeah. from what London fans suburb. Are, they're not horrible either, are they? They just don't care, do they? It's always I've talked about the way... The, their reaction to winning the playoff final was a non-reaction. Anyway, these three games, Blackburn, Wigan, Watford, ostensibly against three mid-table sides over the next fortnight, what are we expecting? Win, win, win. Yeah. Nine points? Six on the bounce. 
Nine points okay. move us up to first, In if not higher. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we can call the league, send it there, we go up as champions. Yeah. I think we're allowed to do that. The Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnight. Well, last time we uh, gave out this fortnightly award for the people who just add to our continuing, ongoing state of misery as Leeds United fans, we were scratching around for reasons to nominate Ken Bates himself, and he gets nominated every time without fail. Mm. Those are the rules. We were saying that he'd been too quiet for too bloody long. So, Who knew? <laughs> uh, so, Slowly, surely, he threw his was, plans against us. Somebody was throwing an egg right in our faces and smashing it. Eggs are a subject we'll be mentioning. He's he's reared his ugly head again, hasn't he, as Ken? Um, he's setting up Radio Yorkshire. He's... Just being in the paper, he's he's still around, like a bad smell. Ruining a perfectly good fast food sandwich establishment. Yeah, It used to be um, a tanning salon, did that mm. place above Subway. So I, I like to think that Ken's in there bronzing himself. They've left some of the old gear there. So Ken, that's your nomination. Any other nominations? Us. When did, where did you pluck this one from? This has come, well, today, uh, what we've not mentioned is we're recording on the, it's the second anniversary of um, Gary Speed's death, so there's been a lot of people uh, tweeting memorials and, and such like. And uh, and we got involved because uh, we'd kind of um, probably done it last year, but we, we'd hide our light under a bushel sometimes because our own tribute to Gary Speed was a damn fine issue, which we worked um, very hard on uh, despite the difficulties of having to do it in a week. And the um, obvious effect that reading everybody's memories of, of Gary Speed had... So we made that available to download today. I think you just download a copy of the PDF. And rather than concentrate on the uh, the fine tributes from supporters that were throughout that issue of the magazine, everybody immediately flicked to the page previewing our match against Reading in a feature called uh, We All Hate Leeds Scum, where we used to rate um, the hateability factor of our upcoming opponents. And this one ends with uh, Brian McDermott being called um, a human egg. <laughs> who was smugly rabbiting on about how many brilliant goalkeepers he has. That was in the wake of when we borrowed Alex McCarthy, and he was like, yeah, we've got loads more, it's fine. Yeah. Michael, would you like to comment in that? Did I write that? I might have done. I can't remember. Can we retract that and also have one of those goalkeepers as well? <laughs> I, I like Alex McCarthy. He looks dead good still, doesn't he? Yeah, whereas we've got well, we've got Jamie Ashdown, who uh, is starting up a uh, sports performance pills company in his spare time, as well as rowing the channel. A lot's company. Just like vitamin pills and performance pills. Drug cheat. <laughs> if he is, he's not very good at no. it. Given he's, <laughs> he's shouting about it. I, think I suppose as you're retired, you can take all the drugs you want, can't you? Looking for, <laughs> there's, no, there's no testing. <laughs> Especially not if you're just selling them. And then, yeah, and then Alex Cairns is uh, young. Anyway, so yeah, we're uh, nominating us, are we, then, for calling McDermott a human egg? Yes. Who else? Us. Oh. For the... <laughs> Casual racism in the last podcast? Was it casual racism? I thought it was just light-hearted comedy. And banter. Yeah. I took it. Well, banter's banter. a shit word. It's a shit word used by idiots. But, but were the rest of the British Isles upset at being left out? Do well, we, the, uh, do we the Northern Ireland... Some, some Welsh and, and Republic of Ireland voices. We're pointing out that Scotland is only a, a member of the British Isles for so long. If this proposal to be an independent country goes through, then um, the, the casual edge to our races and may, may sharpen yours. I love Scottish people. Yes. Whilst selling the um, damn fine issue for the Square Ball magazine on Saturday outside the ground, the Northern Irish contingent that came over for the game 
pass some comments on the Northern Irish accent that... That's what I like about you, Oddie, at the coalface. <laughs> Dealing with this, this customer relation sort of thing. Not like me, cowardy boy here in the studio. What a... What did they have to say to you? They said, <laughs> I want you! Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Zabaf! What a bite! dog! <laughs> what a bite, Elizabeth! Oh, it's all gone wrong again. <laughs> Don't! But so. then we had some Scottish people who came up. <laughs> Let's not even do that. So, us for being massive racists in the last pod. Um, I would also like to nominate the referee who sent off uh, Kilkenny. <laughs> Last night, forget it wrong. Well, case uh, of mistaken identity. He's given Preston, um, now managed by Simon Grayson, a massive boost because he sent off Neil Kilkenny, the player that he should have sent off, who actually had lashed out at somebody, stayed on the pitch, scored two. Preston won two nil, and now Preston are appealing against Neil Kilkenny's red card, so he won't serve a suspension, and they can't retrospectively award a suspension to the guy who should have done it. So they've got like, away with it. Win, win, win. Cheats do prosper. The killer has got away with murder. I would also like to nominate the manager of Billy's Bar for not uh, imposing a ban on Ken Bates when he popped over for lunch the other day mm. with his charming, fragrant wife. It would have been nice of them to, to rehash the line Sean Harvey used about we are exercising our right to sell Sunday dinners to those we choose to sell Sunday dinners to or something like that yeah. with the, when he banned the, the lost board members from buying tickets. You, you can bar people from your restaurant if you want so even if they did set it up don't let him swan in and just eat, eat swan <laughs> he uh he lives above a subway why don't you just eat there yeah stay on that side of the road i mean it is i mean i know we mentioned this before but him pitching up in that office of all offices is just rank pettiness you know there are plenty of offices available near Yeadon Airport, he does not have to come. All, he doesn't even have to leave Monaco. But no, w- of all the offices in all Leeds, he had to walk into... Chin joints. <laughs> <laughs> he had to walk into that one. And it's just... It's Ken all over, isn't it? As we're recording, the uh, Leeds Night Supporters Trust AGM is going on on the first floor of Billy's Bar, the Legends Bar. And then over the road on the first floor of Subway is Ken Bates... In his Tucking into a footlong, <laughs> spitting out the window. <laughs> you can, you Getting you his laser like, sights out on his gun. Yeah, he'll have a little laser pointer shining it in Gary's eyes, trying to put him off, flicking V's behind him. Right, all those nominations are, are, are noted. Any more before we close this off and, and decide on a winner slash loser? I was going to mention Kevin Blackwell, the chapter that's devoted to him in Keith Gillespie's book, which includes uh, them being separated during a fight by none other than Gary Speed. And Kevin Blackwell, apparently... Apparently Kevin Blackwell used to go on about the time that he fought Stan Turnant and won. And when he threatened... Uh, Was it Stan Turnant about 30 years older than <laughs> Kevin Blackwell? And when Keith Gillespie had been named on the bench and then Blackwell had put on a like a teenage left-back in Gillespie's position. So they were having a massive scrap and Blackwell basically says something like, you, better, you, you had better stop this... Uh, misbehaviour or else you will not like the consequences uh, to which Keith Gillespie replied uh, are you going to start going on about your fucking Stan Turner story again are you going to from- start going on about <laughs> beat me to it you beat me to it I was just going to say uh, predictable bastards I think, I think on that note we should probably give it to ourselves for the, the casual the continuing racism <laughs> Yeah. Congratulations, Oz, for being big racists. A lot of people worked very hard on the Irish peace process just for us to come along. I'm, just... I'm, I'm sort of half Northern Irish, so I think I'm allowed to do it. 
Which have you just made that up? No, it's true. <laughs> both on my mum's side, both of her parents are from Northern Ireland. Well, my nan is Irish as well. Right, does that mean we should technically dislike each other? Where, where we where think everyone there? should get along. Now nah, we'll be all right. Everyone should get along. Agreed. Don't be, don't be sectarian, kids. It's silly. Any other business? All that's left for us to say pretty much before we go is that you should vote for us in the FSF uh, Fanzine of the Year Awards. Um, simple to do. Go to the squareball.net forward slash vote. It will redirect you to their survey. Scroll down, question four, squareball, send, done. Uh, answer some of the others so it doesn't look like you're just no. simply no, voting for us. No, bollocks. <laughs> Just do that, right. Issue four of the magazine, let's quickly talk about that. It came out against Middlesbrough. Issue five will be out against Barnsley. But in the meantime, in 30 seconds or so, tell me about issue four. There's a lot of weirdly romantic cum sexual metaphors scattered throughout. From you? Uh, from not just me, Rob Mulholland wrote an article about tactics and managed to use the phrase womb goo, which I think is probably more sexual than romantic. Well, it's an- anatomical. There's an article about Cesspod. There's an article about the old floodlights, which a lot of people love, but should we love them? Read the article and uh, and find out. And there's an article about um, Ken Bates and how we've not, I think the, the thrust of Andy P's point was that we've got nothing to fear from him anymore because it's not like he's gonna he's not gonna rent an office over the road from Elmwood Road and start broadcasting. Um, and there is John Howes talk about the cyclic nature of being a Leeds United fan, how going to Huddersfield and losing uh, and seeing a bad game by Rudolf Austin was very much like going to Co- to Coventry and losing and seeing uh, Carlton Palmer go from hero to zero. And there's a picture of Jennifer Aniston. Yep, as with every issue. It's a marvellous thing. It's a fantastic organ. Yeah. Sexual organ. Yeah, I am indeed. And to look out for issue five against Barnsley and buy them all. Find it all at thesquareball.net. That's us done, I think, isn't it? Yes. Anybody fancy a sandwich? I did enjoy on... Um one of the first things I read on Twitter the news is I hope the <laughs> chokes on a meatball marinara <laughs> which is just brilliantly childish but uh, on which note I'll made say, me laugh on which note I will say bye 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 from Michael bye bye and Moscow goodbye and Oddie goodbye we'll speak to you again soon bye bye The Square Ball Podcast Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 